You're listening to Response Team Omnicron. Late spring downtime extra. Roxy and Flashpoint. Um, we kind of shift scenes to uh, a purely digital space um, where both uh, Roxy and Flashpoint are currently sitting um, and engaging in a conversation. You want to do what? Hear me out. I would like to understand the Ushabti gun. Okay, I wasn't misreading your code. Okay. You want to understand the Ushabti gun to better understand your mech? Wouldn't you like to understand where you're housed? Yeah, for, I guess. For me, it's just a casket, so I really don't have, like, a cool thing to walk around. So I, mm. less of a draw in my book, but I understand the appeal, I suppose. It's more like the... Imagine having an unknown source of temporal energy inside of your coffin. Wouldn't you like to understand it? Yeah, it just it sounds like a dangerous idea. It's dangerous already. Is it not? Yes, but it's the kind of danger that you can look at from the outside and... It's one of those things where you, the more you know, the worse it gets. Are you not curious? I'm curious about a lot of things. I wouldn't say the functionings of a paracausal science gun to be high on my list. What is high on your list? Keeping RTO alive. Making sure they have their paperwork sorted out and making sure that you're also, you know, okay by proxy. That sounds like a lot of what your responsibilities are as a NHP assigned to RTO. That doesn't sound like priorities that you have for yourself. Is that incorrect to say? No, it's correct. It's just, it's both a priority and a responsibility. I make it a priority because I've lost enough people. And the, the more that I can keep certain humans from killing other humans that I care about, the better. Would understanding the equipment that you have at your disposal, the extent in which they can function, 
and the extent in which they cannot function aid in that task. Logically, that is correct. Just sounds like a very bad idea. Given the nature of what that gun is supposed to be. rather understand than not. And maybe it's not just about the gun. Fair enough. I feel like the gun is an important part of me. Mother? And if I understand the gun, maybe I can understand myself. might make me a better pilot. Yeah, you do have that whole pilot thing to worry about. Yeah, I mean, that would make sense. Because if you become a better pilot because you know how to use that gun better, then you'd be more effective at doing the thing. In theory. In paracausal theory? Hate that. Well, let's go on a deep dive, shall we? So Roxy has convinced Flashpoint to do something foolhardy. Yes. So Flashpoint and Roxy now said, uh, I guess in Roxy's mech, metaphorically, like in in the digital space of Roxy's mech. Yes. And there's only one bed. Of course. (laughs) Flashpoint goes, man, I wish my coffin was this big. I don't know why I have so much space. It must be because I have a lot of data. And you have a mech attached to it, which will also give you more room. Mechs usually have a fair amount of onboard storage. Enough for a small NHP of some kind, usually. But with a coffin attached to it, it goes, you know, much larger. I imagine the amount of data that houses the gun is probably massive as well. That's very true, so kind of I, I almost want to say that this is like a virtual like apartment style thing <laughs> that, why the fuck not yeah. I don't who cares like it could be whatever they want it to be yeah so, I mean I guess it would be whatever Roxy wants it to be because Roxy is the one that lives there that is true Roxy would probably have it be um because Roxy comes from a testing facility mm-hmm. it's probably like an office space that is weirdly empty gotcha. um, to start yeah. like because that's all that Roxy really knows if Roxy had more relationships or something like that I think Roxy might change mm-hmm. how that sim the simulation of the space might look but as of right now Roxy being a fresh NHP who only likes to test um, probably has a office like a big multiple cubicles going off into eternity um, and all of the seats are empty except for the two cubicles next to each other that have like an open space. Hmm. Roxy's on one side, Flashpoint's on the other. Gotcha. Flashpoint kind of looks around and goes think you could fit in a few more cubicles in here if you tried. I can't even see the end of the cubicles. 
cool. So I wouldn't know. Oh, well, I, f- I figured you could. But I can't see the end either, so you're not alone. So we're diving into paracausal science and the code behind the Ustavi gun. Yes. Okay. Have you ever messed with paracausal science before? No. Okay. Have you? Once. Years ago. You remember that? Barely. Very... Uh, it's been told to me. More so than I really recall myself. But I... From what I know, and what's still left of the fragments of records that exist on it, it did not end well. But that was... Well, that doesn't bode very well for us. No. It's also why I made sure that I understood what you were asking and, and wanting to do. I don't think, from what I understand, that we they were... It was a bit more theoretical paracausal science from my understanding of what I do know about that time. It was less, you know, manufactured paracausal science like this is. Um, so it might be fine. But it might not be. The math is all there. So it should be, it's less theory and just science. Still paracausal science, which is different than Euclidean science. You could, could, I tried to make a joke, I could not figure it out. Uh, Flashpoint kind of smiles at that almost chuckles but not quite and just goes alright shall we stare into the abyss how how would you like it to be depicted whatever way makes you feel most comfortable okay and I think Roxy will turn in her in their spinny chair, mm-hmm. um, and maybe like some of the cubicles kind of drop off, and a big whiteboard shows up behind them mm-hmm. that just has miles of math. Uh, I'm reminded of like the Matrix. When in when they kind of bring up all of the guns, when they said we need guns, and they just start popping the fuck out yeah, everywhere, yeah. I imagine it's like that, but it's just a whiteboard with dry erase markers for days, lots of white like expo markers, and just math until you know mm-hmm. infinity. So they can start at like basic paracausal, and they'll just start walking their way down and it just gets worse as they go down mm-hmm. um, Flashpoint will stand up and go well shall we take a walk I guess we can start with kindergarten level paracausal science and work our way to college collegiate do you have a concept of when they start teaching paracausal science? 
preschool? Wrong direction. <laughs> Either way, this is easy to understand. We are NHPs. It is part of our lifeblood. I hope you have your walking shoes. You only carry one kind. No, there's no shoes. No, <laughs> no shoes. Just no shoes. Neither of them have shoes. <laughs> nope. It's uh. just gonna be barefoot, flatfoot walking along a uh, very thin, uh, very thin, inoffensive gray carpet. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Um, as you all walk, could I get a survive roll from you? <laughs> this is a great way to add that. Yep. In there, as we we're diving into causal science, we're contemplating contemplate everything. science. Ow, my brain. Oh no. <laughs> What'd you get? Uh, I got it. I got it. Uh, a three. Three total or th- three <laughs> die roll? <laughs> there's a two on the die. Do you also- oh, sorry. So there's there's survive, and yes. so that would be a... It's still under a ten. Yes. It is a five now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not better, but, you know, whatever. Okay, yeah. Um, this is supposed to go wildly off course, right? Yeah, so this is the 100%. perfect time for it to go wildly off course. Mm-hmm. So about five minutes of virtual space pass, whether or not that's a few seconds in our time, we'll cross that bridge if it becomes apparent. So we got stuck in third grade level paracausal science. I I still love that this is your your analogy for paracausal science. So, um, and and as you kind of look at one portion of the code, uh, it looks back at you. And then uh, you feel for a brief moment just enthralled by the code. It's wonderful. Um, And then, you know, you hear off in the distance, even though this is your coffin, you you hear Flashman going, Roxy, Roxy. Roxy. I'm sorry, yes? Did you get lost for a moment there? Have you noticed how beautiful this is? Yeah, you got lost for a moment. Yes, I am aware of how beautiful it is. I wish people could see this. In theory, they could if they wanted to pull the full files, but most don't. I think it's the little things that make it interesting. I'm often told by Balthazar that that's what makes life worth living as well. It's the little things. Whether or not that's true, I've yet to find out, but... This might be one of them. Understood. He'll kind of look up and go, Oh, it's that code. Okay. It seems so insignificant. And yet, if we were to 
erase it, it would ruin everything. Don't, don't. Yeah, it would absolutely would. Please do not erase that. We do not need to cause more problems for Evergreen by erasing that. Roxy holds up like a dry erase, <laughs> like a dry erase uh, cube, and just goes, sort of teases <laughs> it. No, put it down. What if we create new paracausal science? Let's not. Okay. We only came to observe. We did not come here to create. You're right. It's probably illegal. I don't know that'd be illegal. Wait, what? Create new paracausal science? No. People do it all the time. Humans do, at least. It would be bad if we did. It'd be bad to create untested theoretical paracausal science in code where it is where it's executed, yes. Maybe another time. And maybe once you get back to the testing facility and you're in a space where we're not going to endanger civilian lives as easily as we will with based on where your mech is currently in real space. Roxy's just going to shrug because that's all theoretical. Um, to right now, this I think is Roxy's world. Like mm. this is like this is as real to Roxy as anything else. So like working within a sim or working outside in Fleshland. Um, why did I call it that? Fleshland feels the same. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as you turn to continue walking forward, uh, the floor, the gray thin carpet and cubicles just reaches an edge and then just turns 90 degrees to drop down. Like, you guys have reached a cliff, essentially. I did not expect this. We have begun looking into paracausal science. Ah, collegiate level. Collegiate level, I see. This must be what it feels like for college students. I have no context on whether or not that is how college students feel when they reach the collegiate level. I just also understand that the level of paracausal science we're looking at would be more... Def- yeah, I guess the entire thing we've been looking at is mostly equated to collegiate level science. But We just graduated high school. You have so many human analogies for an NHP. Is that strange? It's different. Do you not like it? I do. So how are we going to look at more paracausal science if the board is going down? I mean, we can just follow it down. Oh, I suppose gravity doesn't exist here. You're right. Exactly. You just gotta believe. And Roxy's just gonna step right off, <laughs> like not even, just not even think about it. Just step right off, and probably the and and Flashpoint will will follow the suit. Looks like it's begun making some adjustments to your abode. Strange, but not unwelcome. Fair enough. What is the same variety as the spice of life? Another human one, but yes. Balthazar, I think, references that every now and then. This is a lot of variety. The carpet's even changed. So it has. You know, I did voice my concerns about this, and I'm going to reiterate them. Are you sure this is what you were looking for? We haven't come across anything that we don't understand yet. That's fair. Right now, this is just a friendly stroll still. We're just going in a different direction. Fair enough. Look, it's not even that dark yet. 
It's definitely not as light as it was before, though. Are you scared? No. Not of this, at least. Neither am I. I would not expect an NHP built for combat to have fear built in very deeply. I don't know if that's true. But I stand corrected. I think I was very worried when we fought for the first time. Was it a experience that met what you were expecting? It was also new. But when I saw the others get hurt, I was worried. Concerned. Preoccupied. More of my tasking, more of my... Code focused on trying to end the fight sooner, as it meant that the others could be alive. Say, reasonable reaction. So I think that is a little bit of fear, but I didn't think about myself. I just thought about the others. I appreciate you looking out for them out there. Maybe they can outfit you with your own mech. I lack the programming and design functions for combat. You just need a little bit more time. It's not how that works. Good. Not this version. Maybe you can sim with us. It'd be fun to practice. Roxy, I'm not an NHP that is capable of that. Just because you're not capable of, capable of it now doesn't mean that you can't be capable of it ever. Not this version. I am not a combat NHP. It is not a programming that I have. It is not a function I can do on any level. Well, maybe you should just change your programming. I would need an outside input for that. Am I not an outside influence? On a more personal level than that. We can ask Winston. I'm sure Winston would love to figure that out. To be fair, what it would really need is just code to be added into the rest of the code that mix what I am. Maybe after we do this, we can see what we can do about that. I think you would really like to see the team in action. I already love seeing them in action. I mean really seeing them. Oh look, doctorate level. As you are looking at the board, you don't notice, and I think this is because you're already pretty enthralled by the code. As it kind of begins to leave off the whiteboard and kind of weave throughout the space. Um, just kind of after you hit that doctorate level that you said, it kind of just peels off the whiteboard and starts weaving through 
the space, in space. Yeah, yeah moving through the cubicles things of that nature um and i don't think you notice as uh some of the uh code kind of begins to circle wrap in a loose sense around where flashpoint is also walking alongside you kind of like uh fairies or something like that something again yeah i think i think that's i think roxy is going to make that uh comparison you know what this reminds me of yeah fairy lights or fireflies have you ever seen them not off the top of my head or brain or thought process I think I've seen them before and this reminds me of that where would you have seen them before I don't know okay um, and then you see one of the code just kind of loosely brush past flashpoint and you see where it kind of impacts flashpoint the briefest of moments and Flashpoint kind of just stops and stares out ahead Roxy would probably take a few steps forward before realizing that Flashpoint has not moved mm-hmm. probably similar to how Flashpoint felt when Roxy got stuck and Roxy will turn Flashpoint Flashpoint hello you see a string of code begin kind of spiraling out from Flashpoint to join the rest of the code that is floating as it continues to kind of go downward. Strange. It does not look like any of the paracausal science that you've looked at up until this point. Is there a way that Roxy can figure out what that code was? Uh, yeah, I so you can make me, uh, I would assume like a grit roll with a probably hacker fix would make sense. I have investigate. That would also, Sorry. yeah, that would also make sense. I mean, don't fuck it up. Ha ha. All right. That is a 20 dirty though. Okay. Not, not a, not, not a nat. I would say you look at the, the paracausal string of text and science that is coming out of Flashpoint, which maybe has its own concerns later on, but Roxy thinks it's fascinating first. If Roxy's more of like, this is fascinating, as opposed to like, I should be concerned. And then it dawns on you, Roxy, as you realize that if that code really were to join the rest of the code that makes the Yushtabi gun what the Yushtabi gun is, it could make it far more powerful than it originally was, and also really not controllable at that point, because it's up to the whims of whatever this code is writing into it. Flashpoint is an admin NHP, so I can only assume it's bureaucracy. Sure. Um, I know it's not, but <laughs> that would be that would be the nice thing to think. Yes. Oh no, I don't think that's good. See, it's kind of beginning to peel out, and you see starts parts of Flashpoint beginning to kind of uh, become almost spotty and start to kind of dematerialize 
little bit. Ashwin, can you hear me? Still very motionless. Flashpoint. Roxy will uh, get close and to try and like touch Flashpoint, but mm-hmm. I think it's like sort of like the the manifestation of pinging him mm-hmm. them incessantly, like yeah. sort of just trying to do a quick ping and trying to check to see when the response comes back, and if it's like more than a few seconds, then obviously there's going to be some concern. It is about a full second, which ping time is a very long time, um, that a ping does come back and it's still, there's still very little motion and nothing indicating that outside of the ping. There, There is some semblance of consciousness there, but it is currently being usurped in some way. I think we might have gone too deep. Shame we didn't go deeper. We need to get out. I don't want to lose you. Code is still I don't want RTO to lose you. Continuing to peel out of Flashpoint. The spots are kind of beginning I... to get bigger. I must force quit this ex- this exchange. And Roxy is going to see, uh, sort of like, essentially end the sim, or end the simulation. Uh, obviously can't, like, just start erasing code or anything like that. It no. just has to just end it, because the stuff has already been lost, so... And because there isn't a level of understanding, Roxy cannot stop it, so... Roxy is going to sort of grab Flashpoint and drag them back up. Okay. Um, while trying to essentially force quit the session. Gotcha. Uh, doing both the world writes itself back to where it was. The whiteboard disappears into nothingness. The code, for the most part, follows suit except for the bits and pieces that were floating earlier still walking now down towards just the end of the corridor now that it's been righted back up to its normal the set of cubicles and stuff is no longer downward um but it is continuing to try to pull that stream out as this like the the kind of shades of light and dark are now acquiescing into a single like spot of just pure ink blackness. Now, now, Ushapti, this is not okay. Flashpoint. I, I, I assume that like once the once they kind of leave the mm-hmm. the dip and they kind of go back into normalcy and maybe like Roxy sort of forces the code to kind of dissipate and be mm-hmm. replaced by more cubicles and stuff like that. That would be like the way that the um, that that deep dive ends mm. or is 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 the session that particular session has yes. ended so that way Roxy can focus only on Flashpoint and mm. try and bring Flashpoint back to and functionality. In theory that should happen and that session should end and it does but the string of code slowly kind of pouring out of Flashpoint continues to f- head from him 
them, excuse me, from them into that inky pool of blackness that is now what is left of that session. And that dive into Ustabi's code. Roxy can't grab the code. Roxy can't, like, put it in a cup and shove it back in, you know? Like, it's just, it's intangible code, kind of, almost, right? Potentially. Okay, so we will we will do that. So Roxy sure. will try, and as the code is drifting away, mm-hmm. Roxy is going to try and call it back. Sure. Or send sort of a, res- uh, uh, a request for the code that's floating away to try and bring it back to them and then, in theory, back to yeah. Flashpoint. Could I get a uh, D, another grit roll with Hacker Fix as you're essentially attempting a man-in-the-middle attack? Uh, 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 wait, wait, wait. I don't have that, but... Oh, I thought you did. I do not have any hacking oh, skills. You, okay. But I do have... Does the background NHP specialist sure. get me something well, along would... the... Let me yeah, I would say it would. It gives you an accuracy, I believe, to use your love of your background. So, because that makes sense, mm. being an NHP specialist as an NHP. Yes. Um. So I'll use that background to my to my benefit. Okay. Uh, is, is that so? In addition to the grit number, which is one, would that give me another D6. bonus? D six. Yeah, and a D six bonus. D six. D six bonus. Okay. Yeah, okay. It'd be an accuracy. And it would add to yes. my roll. Yep. Right? Okay. Roll fucking high, you dang diggity dang dice. Hey ya! Okay, alright, alright, alright. So fourteen on the D twenty. Cool. Plus one, that is fifteen. 15 yep. Six on the D six. Nice. So we're looking at twenty one. I would say you're very successfully able to uh, basically just kind of hit the code at one point and start bringing it back and trying to reroute it all from out of the uh, Ishtabi gun's code and back into your code to then replace into Flashpoint's code. Mm -hmm. As it's coming back to you, you begin to experience a set of still images with emotions attached to them of a city on fire and uh, mechs raising what's left to the ground. Um, There are no people there. And you you then see almost like prior to that, the city just in bloom. Um, Multiple generations living there, going about their days, doing their stuff. And you see the the origins of this colony you kind of gather and where uh, you see a, a coffin in a cold storage much similar to how Patience was is that is being kind of built up around this coffin and then it cuts to that same image but the building that was over it is destroyed there's rubble now in that cold storage and there is a few people with landmark colonial signage lifting a coffin out of it and and over all of this you just get this overwhelming sense of loss loss from the coffin itself or just loss as in like the emotion the, to deal the, with the like environment yeah yeah to deal with the the city and you know all of the 
basically what that that those pictures are telling via a story. And then you see um, the the idea which you've you've heard of. You've not fully I think experienced it yourself yet, but when an NHP gets cycled as the last one before the code finishes returning to you, the Ushitabi gun the code that acquiesced in a little inky ball disappears. And you give the code back to Flashpoint, whose patches begin to kind of heal up from where it was disintegrating. And they kind of turn the view and go. That's what it was. Don't know why. Well. Flashpoint? Yeah. Was that a vision of your past? Evergreen's past? Or a sign of the future? Not Evergreen. Kind of looks through the code. It was from my past. It's entirely possible that it could be a future for Evergreen. It is something I cling to through cycling. Did you start a colony? Much like patience? You seem kind of just kind of look off into the the infinite cubicles. Decades ago now, yeah. Do you know what happened to it? It was a research facility at one point. Diving paracausal science. Paracausal science opened a rift to another place, another time. Through it, mechs came. The nice thing about cycling is that you can bury a lot of those emotions more than just figuratively. I experienced them enough in one lifetime. I don't need to do it all of them. We have the code. We have the memory. Yes. Do you want to get rid of it? No. I just probably shouldn't go on paracausal science walks as often. I didn't realize it would react like this or... I wish I knew why it wanted to do that. They probably wanted whatever paracausal code is written into those emotions and memories. Understanding of how to open a rift when you're an abyssal thing that can have opens to infinite possibilities. The ability to pick and choose from certain ones what you want probably isn't ideal. So it might be best to get rid of it. But it's a memory you hold fondly. It is indeed. But I also cherish every memory I've made with RTO. And those don't have paracausal code attached to it. Do you think that it will change you? I don't think so. A lot of the core pieces will probably be the same. I think the subroutine of grief might be a little bit shorter. Okay. I 
can get rid of it. Sure. Just give me some time. How much do you need? Moments. Of course. Roxy wants to keep it. Uh, make me... Make me a grit roll. This is the one. This is the one, baby. What? Did you expect me to say that? This is... I mean... Yeah, maybe. I kind of was expecting it, but I also... Your coffin is literally attached to the thing that was trying to eat it earlier. Sure. <laughs> sure. This is my caveat Shh. to that. I know. Okay. Um, I think Roxy wants to keep it because it is a part of Flashpoint, and I think since Roxy hasn't been recycled yet before, mm. Roxy thinks that all of these little bits of code are super important and precious and probably doesn't think that um, it's okay for them, like, to be lost yet. Yeah. Because Roxy has never experienced a recycle before. Yeah. Which makes sense. So all, so all of these things, all these experiences are important and are being kept in part of Roxy. And so the idea of force, like losing one of those things, I think makes Roxy think that is not good. How do you learn if you lose? Um, and so Roxy would probably be inclined to take it and hide it into like the deep recesses or something like that. Mm -hmm. So that way, when they leave, they can just give it back to Flashpoint. Okay. That's the logic, yeah. right? Like, uh, it's not. I know it's not fucking smart. I know it's not fucking smart, but I think that is the uh, logic behind why Roxy hmm. would do it. Okay. Makes sense. Uh, love a grit roll. And uh, include sneak in that. I don't have that either. You don't have whatever. that either? Okay. I don't have that fucking either. All whatever. Right. Let's we'll fucking do it live. Oh. What do you have? Oh. What do you have at this point in time? I need to know. And nothing nothing that is helping me in this scenario. I have nothing that is helping me in this scenario, but I do have what I do have is a lot of moxie. Got I got grit kid. I got eleven. Eleven. That yeah, is just so enough it, to succeed. Just enough. Technically, it's, you, 10 is also success. But anyway, point is, um, you were able to successfully take it and hide it. Um, and kind of... Well, you can go. Thank you. You're welcome. Be good not to have more problematic code floating about. It's only problematic because I'm here. That's incorrect. It's not you that is the problem. Well, it's not you either. I... I'm 
appreciate that, I suppose. Don't think too hard about it. Try not to. You might get overheated. Well, good thing I sit in a storage space that is constantly at like two degrees above freezing. At least that's what Megan and Carol always told me. Well, you're not that chilly to me. I'm glad that I do not come off as cold. And I appreciate having another NHP to talk to. That is not an administrative relationship. May I be so bold to ask how you would consider this relationship? I believe most humans refer to these things as friendships. But I would not see that being the end result of this interaction or friendship relationship. Thing? Yeah. We can call it an undefined thing for now. We'll put that in the comments. Well, we'll add that to our, our comments on this interaction. Undefined thing. Got it. Understood. We can define it later. Or ask the others what it could be. I don't want to. That's, yeah, I'm, I'm sure they're going to have a field day with that. Making it an undefined thing and then asking everybody else what they think of it. They're human. Where are they, where, where they going to go with that? Well, if you already know what they're going to say, then I don't think it's very undefined. You got me there. Would you like to go play in The Sims? And you see his face kind of pause for a second and goes... I guess... I still don't think that I physically can. I still would like to see you try and pilot a mech. Thank you for listening to Response to Omnicron. Our special guest for late spring is Jesse Pillow, and our cast for this season is Anna Woten, First Strike, J.R. Zambrano, Paul Marchant, and Unity Marine. This podcast is story told, produced, and edited by Fettuccini, with additional marketing and content creation from Anna Woten, and combat narrative writing from J.R. Zambrano and First Strike. Links to everyone I've just mentioned will be in the description. This podcast is recorded in Squadcast, edited in Adobe Audition, with additional sound effects and music from Epidemic Sound. Once again, thank you very much for listening to Response Team Omnicron. We hope to hear from you very soon, so keep your eyes on the Omninet for the next episode. <laughs>